I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 599 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I got an incredible guest for you guys today. Paul Getter is better known as the internet marketing nerd. He has become one of the most sought-after marketing experts in the world. Paul Getter has spent over $1 billion running ads and campaigns for his clients and has helped scale numerous businesses into the eight figures per year category. He has elevated Fortune 500 companies and helped numerous A-list celebrities and small platform personalities gain millions of followers on social media. I will be listening just as intently as you guys are to this interview because if you guys are like me and you're trying to grow your network or your social media presence for whatever reason you may have, it's guys like Paul Getter who can really make that happen. So Paul Getter will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Paul Getter was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the conversation between the internet marketing nerd and myself, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, if you guys missed my interview on the Sean Hannity Show on Friday, check out my YouTube page. I posted it up on there so you guys can check it out. I was talking with Sean Hannity, a former guest on First Class Fatherhood here, all about first-class fatherhood advice and wisdom from high-profile dads. My new book, which includes Sean Hannity and so many of the dads you've heard here right on the podcast talking about fatherhood, family life. So please go check out Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, wherever you buy books. Get yourself a copy of First Class Fatherhood Advice and Wisdom from High Profile Dads. And coming up on Wednesday, guys, we made it to the 600th episode of First Class Fatherhood. It's so hard to believe. I have got a very special guest. Sadhguru will be joining me here. Uh, Sadhguru was just recently interviewed by Joe Rogan on his podcast. I've been a follower and a fan of his uh, for quite a long time. He's got a very unique perspective. And this interview will be unlike any other interview that I've ever done. you got to tune in on Wednesday to find out why. If you guys are enjoying the podcast, please hit me with a rating or review over on iTunes. It goes a long way to help me out. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about this podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list and let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Paul Getter. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now, First Class Father, Paul Getter. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Hey, thanks a lot, Alec. My, pri- my privilege to be here, man. All right, let's start like this. How many kids do you have? How old are they? Well, I have three kids and uh, two grandkids. And uh, I, so I guess you would say my kids are not kids anymore. My uh, oldest is 25, then um, 23 and 22. Wow, very cool. Um I'm going to get to jump into more of your fatherhood journey in just a second. But if you could, Paul, just take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Sure. So, uh, again, thanks you, thank you very much for having me here. My name is Paul Getter, also known as the Internet Marketing Nerd. I've had the privilege of working with some of the top entre- entrepreneurs in this world, guys like Ty Lopez, Grant Cardone, Bob Proctor, Les Brown. Also work with A-list celebrities, Fortune 500 companies. I've been blessed to work with some amazing people. So, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Yeah, very cool, Paul. Yeah, I love what you do. You're crushing it over there, especially on social media. If you could then, yes, I know you said your oldest is 25. Take me back to the beginning of your fatherhood journey then. About how old were you 
when you first became a dad and how did that experience change your perspective on life? Uh, so I guess it was, uh, I was 21, 22 years old. So I guess started early and, uh, you know, some people, they, they ask you the question, like, you know, uh, what did you plan for it and, and everything like that? I'm like, I didn't know you could plan for it. I was, <laughs> I was just enjoying the benefits of being married and boom, I got a kid. So, uh, but honestly, it was, it was the, um, probably one of the most life-changing things in my life uh, to have my first son. First son, his name is Lucas. Um, he carries my middle name, Lucas Paul. And just to think, number one, I think the initial shock and then the overwhelming feeling of responsibility. And shortly after that, you know, 16 months later, my uh, second son, his name is Marcus. He came along and I think I was done. I think I was done. There was two, but my wife had other plans and um she wanted that girl and so um 20 months later my daughter alexis was born and uh yeah i think those early years you're kind of like i'm just i'm just trying to keep them alive <laughs> <laughs> you know like <laughs> how do i do this and stuff and then then the sobering reality of like look i'm um I'm responsible for who they are, for their future. And then you start to look at it a little bit from a different perspective. Yeah, well said, Paul. Now, I would imagine 25 years ago, internet marketing nerd wasn't really a, uh, a thing you were thinking about. We, so. we, didn't, we didn't have internet back then. That's what I'm saying. What, was, so what, what were you doing at that time? And what was kind of this path or trajectory that got you to where you are now with, um, you know, what was that process like for you? Yeah, well... What I was doing back then when the kids were born, I was doing whatever I could to get the bills paid. <laughs> you know, So whether it was working at a grocery store, working at uh, – uh, I, I couldn't tell you the list of places I've, I've done um, roofing. I've done construction. I've done uh, delivering phone books out of the back of our minivan. And But they're – you know, that fatherly responsibility to take care of my family at whatever cost, you know, it's just, I gotta, I've got to provide, I got to take care of them. Uh, so that hustle, that entrepreneurship, that, that was always there. And, uh, I guess through a series of events of struggling and I always had this kind of internet tech, background as far as I was interested in it, but it wasn't until the inception of Facebook that I realized that there was potentially business opportunity there. Yeah. And Paul, it seems like the internet is a gold mine. You just got to mm -hmm. try to mine in the right spot for it. Some yeah. people have luck. Some people are trying and can't get there. Uh, I'm, I'm a railroad mechanic myself and started this oh, podcast really? up. Very cool. Yeah, I started Very this cool. four years ago. And I, I, I never had social media accounts until I started the podcast. And I, for the life of me, can't understand why people even have social media if they're not marketing something, if they're not selling something. I can't really understand that. Uh, but it is where you have to go if you're trying to yeah. build a business. So what, what kind of advice, Paul, could you give to the dad out there, the small business owner, the entrepreneur dad that's out there trying to help build and scale his business online and he's getting flat results? What, 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 what would be the best advice you could give him? Yeah, that, that is uh, one of the biggest challenges that people face when it comes to social media. 
I so how I first realized the potential of social media is I got on Facebook. One of my friends said, Paul, get on Facebook. You know, we need to stay connected. And I was like, jumped on Facebook. And back then it was like Farmville and games and stuff. I'm like, I don't have time for that. So, uh, but I saw something. I saw that at this time, businesses were putting up Facebook pages, things like that. And so I decided to put up a Facebook page for uh, my church. And I remember a couple weeks later, I went to church and there was this new family there. And I went up to them like, where'd you hear about us? And they said, oh, we saw you on Facebook. And it was like, you know, an explosion went off. I'm like, whoa, these are real people came from that Facebook thing. And uh, so I knew that there was an opportunity for businesses uh, for that, you know, a small business owner or person that's trying to get their message or their brand out there. Uh, here's the thing is don't fall into the trap of, uh, quick success because, uh, nobody went viral overnight. I, I was just at a conference and I was talking to a guy who has billions, billions of views on his, uh, videos and, and YouTube channel and everything like that. And he said one in 11 of his videos are successful. So one out of the 11 of his videos actually get a good amount of views. The other ones, he would call them duds. So there's, you know, just that persistence and uh, consistency on social media, it will all begin to add up. So don't, you know, don't try to chase that viral or that, uh, you know, becoming an overnight success is just investing a little bit every day. It's almost like the baseball player. If he can hit three out of ten times, they'll pay him a hundred million dollars. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I, can, are... I can win with those odds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, obviously, like for every Mister Beast that's out there on YouTube, there's thousands of people with three, four subscribers trying to figure out what they're doing wrong. So it's just yeah. uh, so, sometimes uh, it, it doesn't seem very consistent in the way that it flows. And sometimes you watch some of this stuff and you're like. Man, how is this video getting so many hits? And, and, and it's, it's, sometimes it seems like a, an, an uphill battle on there for sure. But yeah. but it is one of the things that all kids are doing. And, and I would say to you, uh, what would be your advice for parents out there right now? We're all battling with the technology. I have four kids myself. Uh, sure. The screen time, especially now myself since the pandemic, doing the podcast, I'm on this stuff more than I've ever been in my life as well. So yeah. how did you kind of handle it with your kids being that this is what you do? Uh, or even with your grandkids, stuff like that. How do you kind of, what should parents know about the danger of being on these screens and how can they help try to curb the screen time? Yeah, so f first of all, I, th I think it is important for you to understand that, uh, you know, obviously with every tool, there is pros and cons of it. There is a bad side of the internet, but there's also a really good side of it. I remember one time I went into my son Lucas's room and he was playing these games online. And I walked in, and I kept seeing him on, on these games, on these games. And uh, one day I said to my son, son, you're, you're wasting your time playing these games and stuff. And he turned around, looked at me, said, dad, I make good money on this game. I said, what do you mean? And he, and he began to explain to me, he's like, I build levels and people pay to get access to these levels on this game and stuff. And I, and I began to talk to him and he was in, I think, high school or something like that. And I began to talk to him like, well, how much are you making? And he began to tell me, it's like, okay, son, go ahead and keep on playing those games. That's fine. Uh, now he uh, graduated from college. He actually works for a Fortune 20 company as a computer programmer 
and uh, makes a very nice his his first job out of college. He makes a very nice, comfortable six figure income. And so I think about I'm like, what if I would have discouraged him from, you know, that side of it? My other son, he's actually in um, tech industry also. Uh, my daughter, she actually works with me in for the company. So, so there are th- this. This is what I, I would tell. And I was talking to a friend of mine recently. He's like, "Oh, my son wants to be a YouTuber. My son wants to be this and everything." I said, "Well, you know, I'm not a dream crusher, but it's kind of like the kid saying, "Oh, when I grow up, I want to be a baseball player." I mean, yeah, you know, maybe you will, maybe you won't, but you know, chances are there's like. 0.5% of people will actually be a successful baseball player where there is an even ground of making money online. And that's what a lot of these kids, they, they want this freedom, this laptop lifestyle, be able to make money from home, you know, just this, not this traditional nine to five, go to an office work. That's what they're really looking for. So the opportunity is maybe not being a YouTuber, but learn how to run YouTube ads. Uh, maybe not trying to be an influencer on Instagram, but learn how to build a business on Instagram. So running ads, search engine optimization, building funnels, copywriter, these are all high demand, high paying skills. That's where I would point a young person when it comes to online stuff. Yeah, very cool, Paul. And I think that there may be this kind of like misconception about it. I, I think that dream that a lot of these kids that I'm seeing, even the, the dream is to never have to work. Yeah. And it, I think that may be working against the, the mindset somehow, thinking that it's just there's no work that goes into these people that are building this successful incomes online. It does take a lot of hours of hard work to build something uh, like a successful uh, thing on the Internet. And, and I think also I, I don't want to discourage my kids, just like you said, what would have happened if you told your, your son not to get involved, stay away and took the computer away from him? Uh, would he yeah. be where he is? This is the future where our kids are headed here. I mean, this Internet isn't going away. Social media is not going away. So I don't want them to not be on it at all. But I don't want them to be consumed by it and overwhelmed yeah. by it. So it's yeah. such a difficult balance for myself, for so many parents right now that didn't grow up with this stuff uh, to figure out uh, the pros and cons of it. Yeah, I think it's it's one of those things that it, there is kind of different categories when it comes to a person's time online is there's that giving value where you're adding to a community. There's that uh, receiving value um, from it. So you're learning, you're educating, you're being inspired, you're being motivated. And then there's that entertainment purpose. Well, being able to determine where they're really spending their time, that might be a challenge. But if you can guide them that direction, like, hey, you know, being online is not wrong, but how you use your time online, that's what's important. Yeah, very well said, Paul. And then bringing it back, I know you mentioned there about your church in the beginning there. How important is your faith and how important was it in raising your children? And what are the top values you hope to instill in all of them as they grow up? Oh, well, my faith is is everything. My relationship with God, it's it's God first and everything. Uh, man, I tell you what, I, I look back at at my kids and, you know, you you as a father, you I'm sure you heard this is like the uh, 
other parents would start to warn you and like, oh, when they get this age, you better watch out. It's going to be uh, you're going to go crazy and stuff. And uh, I, I look at my three kids and they're amazing. They're amazing. They're amazing kids. I've, you know, the scary teenage years, my kids were amazing in their teenage years. They, you know, gave to the community. They were, you know, just uh, they're, they're great kids. Um, I, I'd like to think that I'm a small part of that. They have an amazing mother too. <laughs> so, uh, but the values we instilled in them, um, comes from our faith in Jesus Christ. And, uh, I think that has served them well and guided them and, and directed them. And so it's, it's one of those things that, uh, I don't know how people do it, without a relationship with God, having that as a compass, a, um, a, a guide, a light in this crazy world. It's so important. Um, I would encourage every, every parent, you know, recognize the value of instilling faith and a relationship in God uh, for your children. That's something that it'll never return void. Uh, you'll, you'll always get a positive ROI <laughs> on instilling a, a relationship in God uh, in your children. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think it's so much that the problem that's what's missing in our society right now today is that God's been removed from so much of it. I'm a faith-based person myself. Awesome. Um, I, awesome. You know, we, we're a family that prays together every day before dinner. We eat together. It's one Love of the it. only times that we have no technology, uh, you know, going on. But one, one of the things, my oldest is, I got two in high school, uh, so I'm just about to hit all these uh, major things. You've been there, you got a couple of huh. grandkids yourself, so how did you kind of huh. navigate your kids through the dating scene? What kind of advice did you give them when they got into that um, and into that level, and how did you kind of got them through it? <laughs> well, that's that's a good one. So, two out of the three are married now. My, my daughter... Uh, she was the first to get married, and she has uh, two daughters, Mila and Micaiah, and uh, they they are amazing. Um, my younger son, um, he just got uh, married in November, and uh, then my uh, my oldest son, he's not married yet. He he told me he we were at my other son's wedding and someone asked him they said uh where's your girlfriend and he said she's still looking for me and <laughs> and he's one of these that he wants to have his whole life planned out before he gets married so so i i guess one of the things that we always saw when it comes to dating is you date with an intention you date with an intention in other words, you're not just dating to, you know, make out with them or dating to, you know, have fun and stuff like that. But there is more of, hey, if if I'm going to date or court um, this person, there is an intention. There's an intention about this uh, that we are potentially have a future together. So it's not just playing around dating. Dating is a very, very serious subject. Uh, I remember my, um, now son-in-law, uh, we, we kind of suspected they, they grew up in the church together. We kind of, kind of suspected that they were liking each other. And, uh, uh, 
you know, we, we saw that happening and the, the rumor had got back to me that he was going to ask me if it was okay for um, him to date my daughter. And I, I just kind of, you know, I set guidelines for if you're going to date my daughter, you're going to talk to me first. You know what I mean? And so he, he was, he was aware of that and amazing young man, uh, really involved in the church and stuff. And so one day we're going to a conference, a church conference. And I knew that he was thinking about doing this and stuff. And uh, we had stopped at a store and everybody in that van jumped out and he jumped out. And then all of a sudden he jumped back into the van and he sat down beside me and he said, uh, sir, uh, just very nervous, sir. Um, I, I was I was just wanting to know what would you give me your permission to super nervous um, to date your daughter? And I remember straight face. I looked at him. And I said, Joe, you want to date my daughter? And he's like, got shocked. I said, I thought you guys were just friends. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he just went into panic. But, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I said, I said, I'm just joking. Of course, I, you know, I'd be honored for you to date my daughter. And um, I don't know. It seemed like it was maybe a year or two later that he was coming to my house uh, early in the morning to ask for permission to to marry her. And uh, he's been an, an amazing young man. I'm thankful that God has brought him into my daughter's life and into our life. Wow, incredible, Paul. Yeah, my, my daughter's my my only girl, and she's the youngest. So uh, uh-huh. you know, I, I'm definitely that's praying. same for me too. Same for me too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to prepare myself, you know. So I got a while to go yet. So I'm trying to learn from as many dads that have been there. And I listen. I obviously want all my kids to have successful relationships and marriages yeah. and kids and families. So I mean, that's that's the big goal here. So yeah. uh, I love to hear stories like yours to hear that it's possible. So yeah, uh, absolutely. And obviously, you're having a lot of success in what you're doing. What kind of plans or goals do you have here for yourself? What's next for you? What can we be looking forward to? Well, so I just released this book, Solomon's Success Code. It's uh, actually it, um, it's a book that I've um, expressed my faith through. It. And, you know, a lot of times I have business here and my faith over here. And this book is actually I go through the Book of Proverbs. It's a 31 day devotional, and um, kind of show how the book of Proverbs teaches us business and success principles. So that's kind of been something it's not released to the public yet, but uh, it's coming out soon. But I I really, I see that there is an absence of, I've always felt that when it comes to faith and church and um, that we're probably five or 10 years behind of everybody else, you know what I mean? And so I want to, I want to help people make a greater impact and be able to get their mission and their purpose and their message out to more people. Uh, So in this upcoming year, I've been putting together a lot of conferences, traveling all over the United States, for that matter, all over the world. Just got back from Dubai and um, speaking, connecting and helping uh, instill, you know, good business principles uh, concepts of marketing, growth, and strategy, entrepreneurship for business and leaders, authors, entrepreneurs, speakers, and help them take their game to the next level. Yeah, wow, incredible stuff. I love what you're doing. We definitely need more of it out there for sure. So uh, last thing I want to hit you with here, Paul, I'd love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what kind of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? 
so I, I just had one of my coaching students uh, send me a message and he said, Paul, I have this fear about not being a good father. And I responded to him. I said, well, chances are you're probably a lot better than a lot of fathers. I said, just simply because you have that fear, simply because you have that concern tells me that you want to be a good father. Uh, so that speaks a lot about uh, people. So I would say this. I would say if people are listening to this podcast, chances are they're probably good fathers or they're they're going the right direction. So keep listening to this podcast because listening and being mentored and hearing from other fathers is so valuable and so important. Uh, one of the things that I've learned is you really can't raise all your children the same. It's a, a tough thing because, you know, we have this in our mind. Well, we got to got to be fair. Got to be fair. Uh, interesting to note that in in the uh, Hebrew language, there's no word for fair. You know what I mean? <laughs> there's no word for fair. Uh, so it's you you raise your children based on who they are. And, you know, you might have to. Uh, discipline this one this way and this one this way. You might have to uh, teach them things using these methods versus this method. So we're all unique. We're all created differently. And so uh, don't fall into the trap of think that you have to treat them all and um, uh, act like they're all the same because they're not. Uh, you have to have to find out who they are and then um, parent them based upon who they are. Yeah. Very well said. I love the message. It's been a lot of fun for me. I got to say, Paul Getter, you're a first class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Thank you very much. My privilege. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Paul Getter, the internet marketing nerd, for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Make sure you lock it in Wednesday, the 600th episode of First Class Fatherhood. Sadhguru will be here with me to bring in the new milestone for the podcast. Don't forget First Class Fatherhood Advice and Wisdom from High Profile Dads, my new book, now available at bookstores everywhere. Go online, Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble. Get yourself a copy today. We know Father's Day is coming up right around the corner here, so get yourself a copy and lock in that early Father's Day shopping uh, gift and get it over with. All right, that's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers, and we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Thank you.